Anywho. Um, a month ago, actually, I came to this pulpit with a word that I entitled, I said, I want to talk to you guys about discipleship prayer. And I felt like what God was wanting me to do was really start breaking down some discipleship type techniques of things and messages that could be archived teachings that as our ministry grows, I'd really love to be able to have a resource center that we can give new believers and converts and be like, here, you need to do this and this and this and this. And we can really start instructing and implementing discipleship. I want you to know discipleship is something very close to my heart. And I was talking actually to Mama Angie, I think it was like two weeks ago, and we were talking uh, along the lines of just discipleship in a church. And I told her, I said, you know what's so funny though, is everybody's like, oh, the church needs discipleship, church needs discipleship. And I'm like, really? Like, okay, so what does that look like? Because culturally what we've been taught is discipleship means you sit in a classroom. (laughs) You get your little pen and your little, you know, feather notebook, whatever. And you sit there and you take notes. And and that's what we have culturalized as discipleship in the church. You know why? Because we allowed culture to come first. But can I tell you, Jesus didn't sit in a classroom. He did life with people. He took 12 people. He took them into the marketplace. He took them fishing. He took them out into the streets. He went into the highways and the hedges. And what he did is he walked with them and let them experience real life scenarios. And then he instructed them in the real life scenario. Oh, the class just got quiet. I'm sorry. I just flipped over all your little discipleship desks. And so really watch this. This is my heart in discipleship. I'll be honest with you. What I really, my vision of discipleship is I'm not against classroom teaching. Don't get me wrong. But I believe in raising up and empowering leaders that can pull people close to them and allow them to do life with them, go through life, go through ministry, go through the experiences where we have real life scenarios. Real life scenarios. Because I believe that nothing equips people better than real life scenarios. So Anyways, as I've went into this series, I'm back at it tonight. I'm just telling you that. I could not get away from the concept. So tonight I want to talk to you on discipleship again. And here it is a month later, but I want to talk to you about prayer. And I'm going to call this prayer 2.0. Y'all good with that? So a month ago, as I stood in this pulpit and started this concept, I even told you, I said, don't be surprised if maybe there's a series or something that comes from this. But I shared with you some very elementary level stuff on prayer and what prayer is. And we, ta- we looked at how it was, you know, prayer was the place that man, first time that man began to call out in God to God in Genesis. And we talked about the things of prayer and we talked about things that um, even, you know, stop us from really praying like we ought to. And if we want to live the life that Jesus lived, then we got to pray like Jesus prayed, right? And that was something that I said, but... Um, Little did I know, just this last week, I got an email from YouTube, and it said, Trending Now, and in that Trending Now message, I clicked on it, I was like, okay, what's this? And it was a link to the discipleship prayer message that we, we, we had here a month ago, and currently, right now, I don't know how all this works, but analytically, algorithms and all that, it is on track to be one of the most viewed messages of all year. Now watch, and here's here's what I need you to understand. See, I could stand here and I can preach you to shout, hug, buck. I probably could preach some of y'all that you jump over pews and hoop and holler. 
But you know what? What good is the shout if we ain't got the clout? And I want you to know that I believe that this ministry is on the supernatural brink of a, of a di- divine move of God. I believe we're there. Don't get me wrong. We're seeing trembles of it. But I'm telling you, God's telling me that there's no way that we'll be able to properly prepare without a place of prayer. We have to be a people of prayer, have to be moved by prayer. Everything we have to do has to be soaked in prayer. And, and so I want to talk to you tonight again on the idea of, of prayer. But I believe when I got that notification, it was confirmation. People are hungry to hear instructional type teachings that they will grow from. Real life, practical stuff that they can take, put it in their life and implement it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to address something tonight in this house that is so, so touchy. And it's in the concept of prayer. I don't even want to get ahead of myself, but I'm excited to talk to you about it. But there are people in this room and the sound of my voice and you've prayed and really and truthfully you've probably quit praying because when you prayed, God didn't answer your prayer. I'm going to talk to you tonight about why it seems like sometimes God does not answer prayer. Because before I can ever give you the unction to get back to praying, you've got to understand some principles of prayer that you'll understand that prayer really is not as much about God as it is you. <laughs> Anyways, don't let me get ahead of myself. See, too many times we get focused on trying to fix the problems rather than implementing the solutions that God has given us. And I believe that there is not a single person in this room that tonight that does not have something that they need prayer for. And if you're here, please hang around because I need prayer. And you can pray for all of us. If you're, if you're here tonight and you don't need prayer for anything, don't go anywhere. We need you here. You, we need you to pray for us. But my heart tonight is just to bring this teaching to you on what I will believe will be one of the fundamental functions and should be one of the fundamental functions of every believer, prayer. You cannot be a believer in Jesus Christ and live a life absent of prayer. The basis of every good relationship falls on two principles, trust and communication. (laughs) So if every true, good, long-lasting relationship is based upon trust and communication, what happens when we stop communicating with God because we no longer trust Him? But yet we profess that we're still in relationship with Him. I want to read to you tonight out of Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. And it says, And one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Father, tonight, we echo the statement, teach us to pray. God, but I know the weight of that request. Because to ask you to teach us to pray means that we have to walk through things in life that are going to push us to our knees. And so, Father, I ask you, teach us to pray. Teach us to cultivate, God, that communication, that sweet communion with you. God, that we, as your children, have the supreme opportunity to speak to you. And you listen, and you speak back to us, God. 
Lord, that you're not a God without ears. You hear us when we pray. And God, we thank you tonight, God, regardless of, of, of past stigmas and, and ideologies and theologies that we may have of prayer. God, we are so thankful that when we pray, you hear us. We may not always like your answer, but you hear us. And so tonight, God, I simply ask you, teach us to pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Brooke. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6 out of the message translation says something so powerful. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense His grace. What a powerful scripture. Can you pull that back up, please? That it tells us, when, when Jesus is instructing his disciples to pray, he tells them, he says, to go, go uh, I'm in the other scripture, please. Uh, he says, go to a, a, a quiet, secluded place. And, and, and when you get there, uh, uh, just, just allow yourself to come humble and, and just submitted before God. And, and, and so we are not tempted to role play before God. And I talked to you last month on the idea of this, like, I don't ever want to be role-playing in prayer. Because prayer is way too important to me. I never want to be like the Sadducees and the Pharisees that are standing in their religious garments just to be seen. I don't want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to be heard, not by you, but by God, that when we lift up our prayer, we know that He hears us. And so as we pray, it tells us just be there simply and as honestly as you can manage. Can we be honest? That we have to learn how to manage honesty and simplicity. We, we, over, we overemphasize everything in our life. We try to difficult and, and, and complex everything. But prayer should be simple. Jesus said, unless you become like one of these children, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So many of us have met too many religious people, and that's why we don't pray. Because we think that we got to sound like a King James Bible when we open our mouth. But can I give you some breakthrough tonight? All you have to do is be simple and honest before God. And so I think that God honors, not that I think, I know that God honors simplicity and honesty. Like if you're having marital problems, just tell God, God, my marriage needs help, your help. I can't do this. Instead, we try, uh, Ephesians 5 says, and husbands, wash your wives with the water of the word and love her as Christ loved the church. And God, I'm... Just be honest, bro. Like you don't have to make it so complex. Just tell God how you really feel because he already knows. The Bible tells me that he knows what I have need of before I even ask it. In other words, he's just waiting to hear me ask him for it. So prayer is powerful. But can I tell you something? The results of prayer sometimes can be confusing. Is there any honest folk in the house tonight? Or? I said prayer is powerful, but the results of prayer sometimes can be inc incredibly confusing. You know what I'm talking about. 
you pray over you pray over your relationship problems and it's like the relationship gets worse you pray over your job your employees you praying for your boss man and next thing you know he's standing in your office and has driven you completely nuts and you're like well god i was just praying about this and, and so while prayer is powerful, I believe that sometimes if we're not careful, we can get caught up in, in, in looking at results and be, begin to use the results to determine, did God really hear us? But can I tell you this? That what happens when you ask God, saying things like, God, I know you can. God, I, I've seen in your word where you've done this. But what happens when you pray and he doesn't? Is something wrong, God? God, uh, uh, do you not like me anymore? Uh, God, what did I do? Are you just not listening? Or do you just not care anymore? Uh, is there anybody honest in the house tonight that you've prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and then you prayed and 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 then you began, then you got real spiritual and you're like, all right, God, I'm done thinking about it. I, I'm praying about it. I'm just going to thank you for it. I'm just, oh God, I thank you for you doing it. And it don't get no better. See, to understand the purpose of prayer, you have to understand the nature of God. I said to understand the purpose of prayer, you got to understand the nature of God. A lot of times in prayer, we take God out of context. We say things like this because we're real good. We're real spiritual. Oh, God, you opened the blinded eyes. And God, I just know you opened those blinded eyes. You're going to open this door for me, and I'm going to get this promotion. If you open blinded eyes, God, you could do this. But we totally take it out of context because if you go read the scripture, Jesus says to them, he says, according to your faith. And so there's other elements that we have to understand that when God moved on behalf of prayer, that it wasn't necessarily something sudden, but it was substance. And, it, and we got to understand that it's, it's, it doesn't always go the way we want it to go. Listen to me and, and, and hear this tonight. The truth of it is, is sometimes when we pray and we're praying about things and it doesn't go that way, the results are hard for us to grasp. Can I tell you something incredible, though, that you need to understand about your whole life and journey in prayer? You're not the main character in the story. And we've got an incredible problem with that. That we're not the main character in the, pro in the story. Yeah, in the problem. I almost said that right. We're not the main character in the story, and we get upset. Can I tell you who is the main character? God. And if he's the main character, then everything in the story has to go according to his will, not mine. And a lot of times we're praying certain ways and we're trying to change the story. And God's like, this ain't your story. It's mine. But we want everything to be about us all the time. And that's the reason why we have an incredible difficulty when we pray and things don't go our way. So prayer is powerful. But it can also produce some confusion when it doesn't go and we don't have the right understanding of not just the purpose of prayer, but of the nature of God. Isaiah 55 tells us a little bit. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are my ways or your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Turn to somebody and tell them, God don't think like you think. 
thinks on another level. And the truth is, is we're praying from this level, but we get mad when God don't move on this level. And what we got to understand is he sits high and looks low. In other words, watch this. He sees the story from the overview from front to back, and we're on one page. Woo! That's, oh, that's, that's good preaching right there, preacher. See, it's hard for us to grasp. God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. Woo, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to deal, deal with some of this stuff. See, the purpose of prayer isn't to get God to do our will. The purpose of prayer is to know God so we can do his will. See, some of y'all been praying and you've been mad because God didn't move according to your will. Prayer was never given to us. For God to move on behalf of our will. Oh, some of y'all didn't like that. It rocked your theology. That's good. That's good. We like sandpaper. It takes off the rough edges around here. But what, what we find out is that prayer allows us to know God so that we can do his will. What did Jesus pray? Not my will, but thy will, your will be done. Um, here we go. See, God is not our spiritual Santa Claus. Some of y'all need to start, start your prayer off with like, ho, ho, ho. Because that's how you look, at, you look at God, like he's a spiritual Santa Claus. Watch this. Oh, here we go. I'm going to rock some of y'all's theology. Some of us come to God, and we want to know if we have been a good boy or a good little girl so we can get what we want. Oh, let me, let me, let me stand so y'all can really hear me. Listen, a lot of us, what we do is we totally negotiate with God and we say, but God, I did this. I could have done this and you're not doing this. Can I tell you that God is not a spiritual Santa Claus? That it doesn't, it's not based on how good a good little boy you've been or a good little girl you've been. There is no list. There is a book, a book of life, the Lamb's book of life. And God is not moving according to my will. He is moving according to his. He wants me to be a part of the story. But I got to trust that he's the author. Can I tell you that prayer is not a drive through like some of us have a mentality of prayer that we pull up and we're like, beep, welcome to heaven. <laughs> yeah, I want that number 11. I've been, I've been fasting and praying, God. I need you to give me that number 11. Make sure, make sure he's tall, dark, and handsome. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I tell you, prayer isn't so we get what we want. Y'all need to quit laughing now. We're trying to be serious. This is church. God is not a button to be pushed. He's a relationship to be pursued. 
And so what if we quit looking at prayer like if we push the right buttons, God will do what I want him to do, and we just started pursuing the relationship? And what if it wasn't about as much me knowing God's will as it was just knowing that I was in the will of God? See, because I believe that's really the heart of God, that I don't always have to know his will. Come on, somebody. I don't always have to know his ways, but I got to trust him. I don't always have to like his ways, but I got to trust him. It may not always go the way that I want it to go, but I got to trust him. And I understand that he's the author of the story, and I just get to be a part of it. And it's not about my page. It's about his book. So why didn't God answer your prayer? Let me give you an incredibly powerful spiritual response. I don't really know. I don't. Here's an even deeper spiritual response. And I'm okay with not knowing. Because he said, my ways are not your ways. Nor are they even where you can understand them all the time. I sit high and look low. And so I want to tell you, I I, I don't want to come up here tonight and tell you that I have all the answers. I'm okay with starting off this. I got some practical stuff I'm going to share with you on maybe why God didn't answer the prayer. But the first thing that I want you to understand is I don't really know why God didn't answer. But I got a better question for you. He didn't answer it, but do you still trust him? It didn't go the way you wanted it to go. But do you still trust him? It didn't move the way you wanted it to move. You didn't get the position that you prayed and fasted and thought that you were entitled to. But do you still trust him? The relationship didn't work out, though you thought for sure that God said it was going to work out. And it didn't. Do you still trust him? So, I don't know why maybe your prayer didn't seem to be answered. But I do have some practical things I want to share with you. I'm going to be just a few more minutes and I'm done. I've got three of them and I'm going to skip through them really quick. The first thing, if you're taking notes, I want to tell you that maybe the reason why God didn't answer your prayer is because you have a broken relationship. You know, we take everything so much out of context. Mark 11 says, you say unto this mountain, be ye removed, and it'll be removed. You say, you say, and it happens, and it happens. And like, we take that, and we're like, so then we go to God in prayer, and we're like, well, God, you said if I say, well, God, I'm saying, I'm asking in your name. But the problem is, is we took it completely out of context because it also says if you have faith in God. Watch, Mark 11, 24. Since therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold... Wait, I thought it was just verse 24. Like, wait, 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 there's another verse? There's verse 25? Can y'all get the scriptures up, please? There's another verse? Because Matthew 24 just told me, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, so and, meaning a continuation in what he's saying, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. I don't know why God didn't answer your prayer, but maybe, just maybe, you prayed, you said, you did all the things that you felt like you needed to do, 
But God looked and he saw things in your heart and he said, I can't give you that until you forgive them. See, the Bible tells us even in Ephesians 5, it tells husbands to learn how to live with their wives. He said, because so that your prayers are not hindered. And so we find out contextually that our earthly relationships can greatly affect our heavenly relationship. And so maybe, maybe God didn't answer the prayer because there's things in our life relationally that are broken. Can I tell you that Jesus seems to be saying that our relationships with others matter when we pray. Here, I'll break it down a little bit more for you. Matthew 5 and 23 says this, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and they're There you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there at the front of the altar. And first, do what? First, first. Wait, what? First? So before I do anything else, first, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Can I tell you something? God doesn't want our gifts with contaminated hearts. And so a lot of times what we have to realize is that when we pray, man, whoo. A lot of times when I pray, I'm not just asking God to forgive me. I'm asking God to help me forgive them. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. It's the Lord's prayer. It's the instructional prayer of how he taught him to pray. And here's the incredible thing. He said, you got to learn that your earthly relationship is going to directly affect your heavenly relationship. That you can't have an awe in your heart. You can't have a problem, a hatred. You can't have a bit of racism in your heart. And then be coming to God asking him to move and bless you. See, so your relationships with people impact your relationship with God. Can I tell you something? Let me be real transparent. I have found out when, like, when my earthly relationships are in turmoil, like my relationship with God is like this and vice versa. See, I think God doesn't just, I, I, I think he doesn't want us to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. I think he wants us to learn how to work things out on the horizontal so that we can be in direct communion on the lateral. I believe that he, he doesn't... See, the cross is not just God and humanity. It's humanity with humanity. It is, it is literally the up and down and the in and out. And so the cross is a symbol that God's saying, I'm going to place in the center of the cross my son, forgiveness, the Lamb of God. I'm going to put him right in the middle of where, where divinity meets humanity and where mankind can reach out to each other because we're better together. But God's saying, like, I'm not just going to fix you. Like, we got to fix this thing together. And our relationships on, on this line matter as well as the, on this line. And maybe the reason why God didn't hear our prayer is because we were praying really hard, but we we were really bitter. And here's the incredible, let me give you some incredible breakthrough tonight. You're bitter and you could be justified in that bitterness. You got every right. What they did was wrong. The way they acted was wrong. What they said was wrong. You got every right to hate them. But you don't have permission. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He had every right. 
to retaliate. He had every legal right to call the angels of heaven to come and to begin to begin to dominate the earth as the Son of God was crucified. But instead, it's in that moment he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The second reason, i got to hurry, i got to hurry. The second reason why maybe God didn't hear your prayer is, I don't know, maybe, maybe you prayed with the wrong motives. Maybe you did believe God would do it, but maybe you wanted it more than you wanted God. Mark 9, a boy is possessed with a spirit he can't talk. He's foaming at the mouth. And verse 22, it says, and he is often thrown into the fire. He's, he's demon-possessed and, and uh, thrown into fire or water to, to kill him. But if you can do anything, Take pity on us and help us. I want to read all the way into verse 24, verse 23, please. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. I love the fact that he recaps on verse 22. He says, if you can. Like, like what are you talking about? Anything is possible. To one who believes. But watch verse 24. Immediately the boy father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. The motives of this father were for nobody else other than the boy. He's seen his son being tormented. He's seen his son being being beat up and, and, and abused by a demonic spirit. He needed God to move in his life. And I'll be honest with you, I found out that when I pray, it seems like, oh, here we go. You ever pray for somebody and like when you pray for them, it's like it instantly happens. But then you pray for you. And y'all remember that old, old sound you used to get <laughs> on the phone? Y'all remember that? Some of y'all, what are you looking at me like that for? You don't remember that? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I got one witness in the house. Glory to God. But sometimes it's like when you pray, it's like, it's like, please hold. And the elevator music's cued and you're there six years later, still waiting, wondering, where is God in the midst of this? Can I tell you something that I believe that when we pray for others, it allows our heart to be pure with our motives. Like when, when we're praying for somebody else to be healed of cancer, it's really easy to have faith because we're believing for them. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, it's easier sometimes to have the right motives for other people than it is yourself. Woo! All right, I got to hurry. The third thing, the third thing that I want to share with you, and I've only really got three. The third thing is maybe, maybe God didn't answer your prayer because, I don't know, maybe you were like me. And let's be honest, there are moments that my faith is weak. Thank you, sir. There are moments that my faith is weak. There are moments that I pray, and I probably shouldn't have prayed because I didn't believe God was going to do it the moment I opened my mouth. Mm. But see, then we want to get mad when God doesn't move. And the truth is, is the whole time we were praying, we didn't believe God was going to do it anyways. Here. We're going back to Mark 9 and 22. He tells him, he says, if you believe anything is possible, verse 24, sorry, 
If you believe, anything is possible. If you believe. See, so it's here in this moment that we find that our faith is directly connected to prayer and that when we pray, we have to believe. Your faith matters in your prayer life. Hebrews 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What kind of faith? Now faith. The faith that you need for right now in this moment. The substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Here's the problem. A lot of times we pray, and when we pray, we have a little substance, but we have no sight. We can't see God doing it. We can't see God fixing the marriage. We can't see God moving in our finances. We can't see God healing the cancer. And because we can't see it, we never cease it. We never seize it. And we never get to truly walk in what it was that I believe God had purposed for us. Your faith matters. Your faith really does matter when you pray. You have to believe in your heart and doubt now. I'm closing. Come on. Maybe the last thing I want to tell you is, Brooke, you can come, whatever. If you worship team, it doesn't matter. I want to, I want to close out service with prayer. But I, I, I really want to share this really powerful revelation with you before I let you go tonight. Because really, I guess I could give you four. Have you ever thought that maybe God didn't answer your prayer because God has something different? Maybe it wasn't your faith. Maybe it wasn't your unforgiveness. Maybe it wasn't bitterness, resentment. Maybe it was none of that. Maybe, maybe you checked all the boxes. But what about when you pray and God still doesn't answer? Or so we think. Maybe God has something totally different for us. First John 5 and 14 says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask... We know that we have what we have asked of him. So this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Watch this. So if we don't ask according to his will, then he doesn't hear us. So you've got to learn to read scripture that though it says if I ask according to his will, I have confidence that he hears us. When I pray and it's not according to his will, I don't have that confidence that he hears me. And I believe God hears us. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But I believe it would be as though if Kai was standing here today and saying, Daddy, Daddy, I want this, I want this, I want this. You, you ever have your kid ask you for something coming up to Christmas that they want? Daddy, Daddy, will you... Will you get me this? I really want this. I want this new four-wheeler, Daddy. Will you get this for me? You get this for me? You get this for me? And you kind of just ignore them because you already know you got something that they're going to like a whole lot better. Come on, let me talk to the parents in the house. You don't really pay attention to what they're asking because you're like, ah, you just wait. Give me 40 more days. You won't want that. Stand with me all over the house.
I feel the Spirit of God in here tonight, and I'm talking to somebody. You've been praying, praying, and praying, and you've been feeling like God is not hearing you. I want to challenge you and say maybe it's not your spirituality, maybe it's not your salvation, maybe it's not that you're full of bitterness. But what if God's plan really is better? You know, Garth Brooks put out a song years and years ago. He said, I thank God for unanswered prayers. And you know, there's a lot of things I prayed. I'm so thankful God didn't say yes. To be standing where I'm standing now, seeing what I'm seeing now, I'm so glad he didn't say yes to everything I prayed. I'm so glad that he saw the end of the story. He knew where I was going. He he made me. He fashioned me. He made you. He fashioned you. He knows your end from your beginning. He knows everything in your life. He knows how to get you from point A to B to C. But here's the amazing part is you've got to trust him through the process even when it doesn't go the way you want it to go even when it doesn't sound the way you want it to sound it has got to be echoed with a voice that says God I still trust you Job said yeah though he slay me his name will I praise in other words it don't matter how this thing ends it's not fixing my focus off of you We pray a lot. God, help me get this job. Help me get this house. God, help me marry this person. And let's be honest. There's people all in this room. You've prayed prayers just like that. But then you found out three months later, somebody else bought that house and it was infested with termites. And it was going to cost you $60,000. It would have made you go bankrupt if you would have bought that house. And you turned around you said, God, I thank you. I thank you that you didn't allow me to get that. God, help me marry this person. God, that's the one. Number 11, tall, dark, and handsome. I want him, God. (laughs) Only to find out eight years later, he was married and in a marriage and had a really bad drinking problem. He beat his wife so bad that she eventually had to leave him. And what you realize is it could have been you. And you say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you didn't answer the prayer when I prayed it. And see, if we're going to be people of prayer, we got to understand that even when God doesn't answer the prayer we want Him to answer, it doesn't mean that God doesn't answer the prayer. Sometimes His no or not now is His greatest answer. So some of you say, well, what's the bother? Why pray? If it's so tricky and God is in complete control, because can I tell you that the purpose of prayer isn't to get God to do our will. The purpose of prayer is to know God so we can do His will. It's about this communication and relationship. God wants it with you. And I want to give you permission tonight to have simplicity and honesty with God. I'm opening these altars tonight, and I believe that they'll be flooded with people that can simply and honestly pour their heart out to God. Hold up before you come. Because there's people under the sound of my voice that you've given up on prayer. Because you prayed and it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. 
don't believe that lie. You gotta trust God. You gotta believe that God's ways are better than yours. His plans are greater. And so right now, every head bowed and every eye closed under the sound of my voice tonight, you're here. It's me, you, and God right here in this room. Nobody's looking around. I'd ask you, if that's you, you say, preacher, I've really given up on prayer. It hasn't been easy to pray because there's some things I really wanted God to do. And he didn't do it the way I wanted him to. Will you lift your hand just so I can pray for you? It's just me, you, and your hand. Lift them high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. The rest of you that are here tonight, I'm going to invite you on a journey of prayer. And even those of you that raised your hand, you can come. But would you come for a few moments? As Brooke closes out service with song, we've got a couple of announcements after that, so don't run off. Will you come and humbly bow down, honestly and simply at this altar? And will you not look for elaborate words, but will you look for simplicity of heart to pour yourself out before God and just tell God really where you are and really how you feel and what you really need God to do? And then pray a prayer that says, God, but I'm going to trust you regardless of what it looks like. And if you're praying and while you're praying, God shows you somebody that you need to forgive, why don't you forgive them right then and there? Why don't, you, why don't you pray for God to give you the grace, the mercy, and the strength to let go of those people that have entangled your mind long enough. They are holding you hostage. How about tonight you let them go? Right now, will you come? Right now, come on, come. If you feel the tug of the Spirit of God, will you come pray? Come pray. Come pray right now.